Aloha. You are listening to the Rolling Vets Podcast, podcast by veterans for veterans and feelings alike. I am Lucas Moss, your co-host, and I'm flanked by my Marine veteran peers, Aaron Pata and Chris Ellis. We would like to extend an invitation to you, the listener, to journey inside of our realm to discover what it means to be a rolling vet. And we are back. We're fucking back. Happy motherfucking holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you believe. Happy holidays. Uh, by, I think when this episode actually probably comes out, it'll probably be New Year's too. So happy New Year. Um, hopefully. Happy end of Marine Corps Ramadan. Yeah. Uh, kept closing closing another, you know, season of Marine Corps glorious Ramadan. Glorious <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, just in general, just I mean, unless you're on a pretty shitty schedule uh, in the military or outside the military, just Ramadan in general, you know, having that having a lot of time off, a lot of holidays. Hopefully you got to spend it with some family. Hopefully you got a lot of cool shit. Um and uh, yeah, hopefully you you feel fulfilled after this holiday season, because uh, we're about to feel pretty fulfilled here in a second. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So hey, today uh, is eight inch dildo or what? <laughs> You'll fucking find out. We don't want to talk <laughs> about your Christmas presents, Aaron. We want to. What was that about <laughs> like, that, the that gifts that you received? What was that? The gift that keeps on giving. Do we need to take a look at your uh, your notes page and uh, talk about that? Oh, my notes. Oh, okay. So we're gonna bring on my your two-buy list? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Our listeners are not going to get inside jokes, you little stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. Yeah, so fucking all Chris. Right, fucking set up straight and listen to me. <laughs> all right, all right. All left right. hand, left <laughs> knee, right hand, right knee, back straight. Uh, eyes, ears open, click. Eyes, eyes sir. Eyes. Whatever fuck that was. Click, sir. Know. Ears. Open, so, sir. Yeah. So today's topic is motherfucking Iwo Jima. This is the mecca, like just the, the island. Like we're we're talking about. Vacation yeah, we're just spots. talking about. Yeah, just a vacation spot. You know, they have uh, some nice beaches there. I heard and stuff. And a nice mountain. <laughs> black, called, black sand beaches, baby. Black sand fucking beaches. <laughs> All right. So, I think pretty much everybody has heard of Iwo Jima. And if you haven't heard of it, you've seen the most viewed picture in the world which is uh and frank and frank and uh the raising <laughs> no, of hey put your little fucking glass away all right oh my is that glass, it's not sand from iwo jima my glass is way bigger sand from iwo jima see i had so i have a bigger I'm, vial too this is can i have some can, can i have some i can get yeah, okay you up. okay because i did have uh i had like a fucking uh like a dip container filled with the sand from iwo jima but then when i got in a car accident i left it in the car that got totaled Stupid and never got it back yeah yeah Damn. unfortunately but continue all right so iwo jima the battle of iwo jima took place from the 19th of february through march 26 which happens to be my fucking birthday so that's easy to remember so hey my birthday's in that time frame too look at yeah, that yeah yeah so uh this the significance of us taking iwo jima was they wanted to use it the airstrip as a refuel station and uh for the fighter jets uh to escort the um the b29 bombers for the bombing of mainland japan and the anticipation of the invasion of mainland Japan. So before I start diving into this, let me, let me give everybody some background. So the three major units, uh, three major divisions for the U.S. was the 5th Marines, the 4th Marines, and the motherfucking 3rd Marines, baby. There was an estimated 110,000 Marines 
that took put that took a part in invading Iwo Jima. The U.S. took about twenty-seven thousand casualties and wow. exactly six thousand one hundred and two deaths. Now, on the other hand, on the Japanese side, it was the hundred and ninth Imperial Japanese Army, and it consisted of an estimated twenty-one thousand Japanese. By the time the battle was over, there was eighteen thousand of those motherfuckers dead and two hundred and sixteen prisoners. Damn, damn. Yeah, so it's the facts are a little disputed on that. I just want to put a little stammer out. Some people that, say that's that estimate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people say yeah. we took up to 29,000 casualties. I'm not sure how many of those were deaths, but um, yeah, so there's a little bit of a skew between, six. yeah. There's always, I think, with, with just any kind of when it comes to battle statistics or war statistics, like a cat, well, I just, I guess, in general, casualty statistics, like it, it's almost impossible. Like it, yeah. it's, you're gonna have people, you're, I mean, and think about this, like just. I mean, obviously on paper, I mean, you dealt a lot with this, Aaron, of like personnel and stuff like that, like keeping yeah. responsible and being responsible for personnel counts and whatnot. Um, like even on paper, if someone doesn't show up, like who's to say like what happened to them? I mean, some of these right. people like you're there's nothing left of them. There's not there's right. nothing left of and you like to identify you on that. Right. What you report to the media is completely different than your actual counts. Right. So like, say I went to war with the nation. So the nation of Pada went to a war with the nation of Lucas Moss. And lost. To my lost. Fucking, fucking lost. Fucking L. <laughs> anyway, what I report to my people, right, is going to be a severe, like a less number than what he reports he killed. Right. So you're going to over-exaggerate, I'm going to under-evaluate, and we're going to go ahead and meet somewhere in the middle, and we're going to go ahead and say, like, hey, somewhere well, in the middle of that is the accurate accounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. obviously you don't want the American people to think that we're going to ask kicked all around the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not all, I, I think I think we are kind of missing a bigger point here. The the the, the So we're think, let's think about it comparatively. All right, we have, you know, just roughly 7,000 U.S. deaths, right, compared to an estimated 18,000, you know, Japanese deaths. So like, yeah. So let's, let's talk about like why that number is so great. Like we, we got to talk about the differences between the, the Japanese mentality of, of being well, a soldier I'll, I'll and, the, yeah, and the Marine, yeah, and the Marine mentality. That. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Can, then, yep. then proceed. Good, sir. Motherfuckers. All right. So <laughs> doing the overview first, we're just doing the overview. Okay. All right. I'm no questions allowed. The, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, no questions fucking allowed. Potter, shut your fucking mouth. You invited me on the podcast. I'm gonna run my mouth. That's you know, I'm not sure if it was the United States Marines that were there. Uh, it might have oh, been the United yeah, the States media. Marines. It's all about the media that was there. Probably, probably took up most of those deaths. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. At ease. All right. There was a one-year hey, prep on the Japanese side. They wanted to dig, and so the. The, the island of uh, Iwo Jima, the Japanese call it Iwato. I had the opportunity of uh, being able to walk the, the sands, the, the beaches, and, and be able to see the Mount Suribachi in person. Very lucky, did, right? very lucky for that. Uh, so they dug 11 miles of tunnels. They had barracks dug 75 feet underground. And they did this because uh, starting, um, it was June 14th, they started bombing uh, Iwo Jima in anticipation for, for the invasion. Like naval naval bombing and stuff? Yep. Uh, no, not just naval, uh, like the U.S. Air Force. Aerial. Uh, both yep, aerial, aerial and naval, huh? Yep. So um, there was a one-year prep. They only dug 11 miles, but they wanted 17 miles. They needed the opportunity to, to finish their full plan. Now, 
uh, the the leader of the the island on the Japanese was Lieutenant General. Uh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Tadamachi. That sounds so, pretty good. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> fuck it, it's Tadamachi now. Stand fucking paid off right there. Hell yeah. He uh, now he there's accounts of him already stating that he knew he was gonna lose against the U.S. He yes. knew it was a losing battle. Uh, his goal was to incorporate and inflict as much casualties he could, and they wanted to try to deter. Uh, the American government from invading mainland Japan if they could cause enough casualties on, on Iwo Jima. Yeah, so what, what year is this again, you said? 44? 19, 19, well, they started bomb, bombing in June of 44. The, the invasion took, took start, started on the 19th of uh, February, but they started their pre-D-Day uh, bombing three days prior. Right. Okay, so, but, so and, but this is all early 44. Yep, yep. Okay. okay. We wanted it originally 10 days, but Yep. So, uh, hey, motherfucker, I'm hey, I'm doing a fucking hey, story, not hey. you, not you. Please continue. Yeah. All right. The juicy. So stuff. the the pre landed bombing, Major General Harry Schmidt requested a ten day shelling. Thanks, Pada. Uh, Rear Admiral w- William Blandy denied that and uh, said it would not allow him to replenish his ship's ammo in time to help uh, with artillery during the invasion. Uh, so Major General Schmidt requested nine days. They told him fuck off, and they gave him three days. Damn. So that's where it comes from. That sounds and, about right. Uh, yeah, a big, big part of that is uh, it upset a lot of Marines. I mean, think about that. Just not about the just battle, but the Marines setting on ship prior to invading Iwo Jima, and you were told, "All right, we're requesting a ten day uh, bombardment," and that gets denied, and they give, give you three days. They don't just cut it in half. They, they cut that in half pretty much. Yeah. You're getting yeah. a, a three day shelling before you have to go land on these fucking beaches on unknown to ter- territory you've never been and never seen. You've always seen pictures of and, and You'll fight. get it on the back end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> little, little side story too is uh, the Marines that they trained uh, prior to Iwo Jima, they trained on, um, on the big island of Hawaii where I got the opportunity to go to a, uh, a camp. I forget the name of the camp, can't remember it. But it had an, an, uh, a mountain that was not quite the size of Iwo Jima, but they would practice running up and down that fucking hill in preparation for the battle. So uh, Lieutenant General Howlin' Mad Smith uh, complained after the war and said that uh, the lack of bombing before you know any of the other island campaigns caused uh, an immense casualties on the Marine Corps side and said that it was a, a, a piss-poor fucking planning pretty much. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, during the bombardment, uh, there was 450 ships off the coast of Iwo Jima. The the, the um, destroyers that were that were uh, shelling, they only shelled for six hours at a time before they would would take breaks. And uh, I've been on Navy ship, and I cannot fucking imagine setting down in my fucking barracks, berthing for six hours. Listening to constant fucking shells come off. Boom. You're probably you're feeling every fucking every every shot comes off. You're probably feeling your fucking hey, chest. Each one, each one. I'm sitting there thinking, man, I hope that's a whole lot of bad guys. I don't gotta a whole worry lot about of fucking bad yeah. guys. That and like I, I remember hearing some account of like I think from the actual book Iwo Jima. I forgot who it was written by, but Flags of our fathers. I can't remember. No, I think the book title is Iwo Jima. I don't okay. remember who wrote it, but pretty straight uh, to the point, that book. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, like I remember like reading a passage out of it and it stated like, hey, man, um, 
I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, hey, man. We feared, we feared whoever like survived or we doubted anybody survived the shelling and we feared whoever did. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that, that's really that. good. Yeah, that's, that's actually... Yeah. That's a pretty good quote, though. If we can, yeah, find the source of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. The source in the, the actual quote <laughs> from my non-drunken stupor. <laughs> that would be great. All right. So on the 19th of February at 8.59, the invasion started. Now. We always got to be early. Yeah, it's got to be fucking early. If you, ain't early fucking, if you ain't early, you're late. They're probably already staged fucking the day and a half beforehand on the fucking flight deck. We had, yeah, we had zero nine formation on the beach. So I don't know about, I didn't know about the Japs, but we had to be there. So we were going to be there. <laughs> and we weren't going to show up like us. On and we couldn't, we couldn't be 1st. fucking late. <laughs> what was, what was waiting for us if we were late was worse than what was going to meet us on that beach. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the the Japanese going back to their strategy, they they before when uh the Marines would land on in any island campaign, they would be met with immense firepower. I mean, machine guns, mortars, artillery, everything you could think of getting thrown at them. Uh, when they landed on Iwo Jima, it was the exact opposite of that. They landed and at at eight fifty nine, and they they had hardly any contact whatsoever. The Marines thought the shelling caused you know way more damage than initially thought in, in, the, in the beginning stages and they started just pouring troops onto the beach well the general takamachi whatever the fuck his name is he had it all planned out that he wanted the marines to advance about 500 yards inland and then they had the whole entire beach surrounded and at 10 a.m there's a there's a quote that I, that I read when I was doing some research on this, and one of the people in the battle said everything from machine guns, mortars, artillery uh, opened up on the beach, and it was complete chaos. So you go from landing on the beach, and not to mention uh, it, it's the black sand. If the viewers are watching, they they can see that this, this is the sand from Iwo Jima. I think you've uh, you got muted, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're good all now. Right. All right, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. So the Amtraks are dead in the water. They cannot go through the through the through the sand. They just get stuck. They're fucked. Yeah. So at 10 a.m., all hell breaks loose, uh, and um, the Seabees had to bulldoze uh, makeshift roads through the beach into the land to allow u.s forces to land tanks and and, and everything they and for those them. and for those who don't know who cbs are uh cbs are fucking navy motherfuckers specialized in blowing shit up and creating paths all yeah, right creating paths they're they're basically they're like sister like i wouldn't say sister their brother mos like the udts um uh, they they are what would eventually become like the Navy SEALs. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Oh, fuck. You doing good? You all right there? You all right there, Professor? Professor Ellis, he's having some technical issues, technical difficulties. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got you. We got you. University. 
Class is back in session. Class is back in fucking session. All right, let's fucking get it. All right, so uh, thirty thousand Marines land in, in, in the on the first before the first, end of the first day. Uh, uh, there's another quote that um, as they pushed into uh, the terrain, out of the nine hundred Marines of one battalion that landed, only hundred fifty were able to fight. At the end of the day, there were so many casualties and deaths, and the the amount of uh, guerrilla warfare that the Japanese were implementing on Iwo Jima uh, was something that the U.S. forces were not used to, or were not trained uh, that they were gonna and and uh, fucking whatever word I want to use. Yeah. Um, so for respect. for perspective, there, that's like one company out of an entire how many battalions? There were three divisions. There's three whole divisions. All right. So for you non-military folk out there, there's four companies in a battalion, right? There's, I think, four, three to four battalions. Four companies. There's five. Five? Five companies? Well, I mean, so you're you're thinking about so yeah, yeah, they're they were they were structured very, very differently too. You have war you have wartime size like battalions then and and in an army battalions compared to uh, marine battalions, um, like or, or in divisions, they're gonna be they're gonna be like fucking you know the numbers are gonna be like they're gonna differentiate yeah. So this is the fourth and fifth battalion landing, correct, Chris? Like they they were the one who spearheaded the assault. Yes, the the third marine division stayed back, uh, and they well, they did land uh, some forces on the on the first day towards the evening and, and the second day towards uh, Iwo Jima. So in so, any operation, you have got like your vanguard, and then you have your like reinforcement battalion kind of coming in and plussing up the la- the losses um, from the initial push. Yeah, and uh, there was a uh, first lieutenant um, Siraki. Uh, wrote on February 22nd during the battle that uh, they were winning. That this is a, a winning war and to, and to, uh, to stay strong and stay in, stay, uh, in the winning battle. Um, but the very next day, Mount Saribachi was taken. So when the U.S. forces were ascending uh, uh, Mount Saribachi, they, they received a uh, little conflict at all. Uh, Mount Saribachi was filled with tunnels. I mean, uh, they had barracks in there they had a hospital set up in there it, it was a crazy amount of work they put in, into that island um and Mount Sarkashi was the highest point on yep it's uh 554 feet tall right so a flat desolate land after bombing and on the left side of the island the i think it's the east side uh is mount Sarabachi, right, right off the coast right off the, right off the water um now I want to get into something here real quick. Uh, during the battle, a little story. Our beloved uh, gunnery sergeant John Bassalone was uh, killed in action on February nineteenth on the first day. So he was rewarded the Medal of Honor at Guadalcanal and he was rewarded wow. the Navy Cross at Iwo Jima. Yeah. Uh, he uh, single-handedly destroyed an enemy, an enemy blockhouse and then led a Marine tank through a minefield by himself. Now, there's two different stories. The first story is after he led the, the tank through the minefield, he was sh- uh, hit by, mach- machine, by machine gun fire and uh, he died instantly. Um, 
another story is the one I originally first heard when I, when I was on Iwo Jima was uh, he rendezvoused uh, his uh, squad uh, by the airfield, on the edge of the airfield. And uh, he was discussing his next uh, maneuver and his squad was hit by a mortar fire and a shrapnel killed him on impact. So if you don't know about Gunnery, Gunnery Sergeant John fucking Bass alone, you're missing the fuck out. We yeah, should do it. We should, we, should, we should do something about that. Marine Corps legend and part of third Marines. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why we say John Bassalone, like he is the staple of the Marine Corps and he came from the same battalion that we, we served with, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that's a good part, part of it. And I think even, even on a more personal note too, like when we, like when Aaron and I served in an in India company, yes, the O331 ones, I think majority of them were from New Jersey and that's where John Bastalone yeah. is. And if you're from New Jersey, I think you're, you're very proud of that fact. And, uh, Absolutely. yeah. And I used to fucking bag on them all the time about it. Um, and but, just say, oh, John Bastalone, you fuck that dude. You want to know fucking Marine? Like, and it's just say that I'm shit. Like he's from Jersey, shit like fucking shit bag. bag. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but no, like as much fun as we poke, like, Hey, he is a, is a real fucking more dog. In fact, yeah. actually out here in San Diego, if you go downtown, there's this place called little Italy and uh, there's a statue and it commemorates John Bastalone and some of his deeds. Um, I think it highlights one of the, uh, one of the, two major events they took place in and was awarded the medal of honor yeah yeah and i and i think and i think a big i think a big thing to remember too is like just because you get awarded the the medal of honor that don't mean you fucking stop going to combat that don't mean you stop your normal they tried to actually stop uh uh, gunnery sergeant basalone from going to combat they wanted to parade him around and make him a war hero yeah for war bonds yeah for for money for money and shit but even like but think about it in a in a modern day age uh like you you you, it's just it's just now it's just part of your your ribbon stack it's just part of what you wear when you fucking when you wear your formal attire like like obviously they they you kind of like have a way they can kind of finesse you into more maybe like an administrative position but for the most part like it, it, you're right back at it like a crack addict like after that like you have to you, and, everyone and everyone knows everyone knows you got that fucking like what happened everyone you know has read the fucking citation it, they saw the fucking the president put the fucking you know the the medal oh, around man. your neck like so it's no fucking secret you know it's not like you could just be some dude and like you don't know shit about him in your unit until you fucking are like a mess knight or fucking yeah you know the ball and you see like damn this dude's fucking stack is huge like what the fuck did this guy do like no it's no secret man and you you gotta try to still be like one of the boys you know what i'm saying and the cool thing about that too is like um the the one medal of honor recipient that i was fortunate enough to meet i think you were there too lucas chris yeah yeah dakota uh, meyer sergeant dakota meyer and yeah the you know after getting getting gaining or being awarded america's highest medal right you would think oh it goes to their head a little bit you know like he's obviously better than the rest of us and he should know it you know what i mean Mm. but being like just from the one that i met I'm, i'm not you know saying that everybody's like this but maybe they are i don't know is they're so humble. They they're so humble when they accept it. They're saying, "Hey, I didn't do anything special. 
you know what I mean? There's nothing that I did that was different than ever that any one of my other Marines that I was serving with would not have done. They were just not in the same position as me. And I think that's huge. You know, Andrew Carlson, Lieutenant Carlson, uh, well, Captain Carlson now uh, would always say, hey, a gentleman is magnanimous in both victory and defeat. Yeah. Um, like, that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, to, to yeah. be awarded the highest honor in the U.S. and still be like, it wasn't all me, man. It wasn't I think, me. and I think, I think that I think is a testament to kind of like rope it back into what kind of what we touched on right when we started talking about Iwo Jima and, and kind of like now um, is like, <clears throat> it's like the honor thing. It's, it's about honor, right? It's the honorable thing to do to kind of be like humble about it. So like when you receive this award, like it's, I was, I was just doing my duty as a soldier. Like it was, it's duty, it's honor and stuff like that. So you have that kind of like sense of responsibility and to some it may be a false sense of responsibility to 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 take on that you know that honorable soldier mask and and put that on but i think that was a big part of like the japanese mindset is like the 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 bushido like it's the honor sense like they, they were like they had an opportunity here though they knew they were gonna lose to potentially to potentially steal away a victory right that could have, that could motivate their people. You know, th- this is this was this was huge for them, and and, and we and we think, unfortunately, due to a lot of the the textbooks and the shit that we grew up like reading that aren't exactly historically accurate, like and unfortunately, like what we do a lot is we demonize uh, um, and dehumanize uh, our enemies. So. Like that, I mean, the fact that I even said like Japs, I think I it's unfortunately like I, you know nobody should be just saying like Japs, but I don't think some I don't think somebody should be offended over. I mean, yeah, I get it. The You're not Japanese, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but that's but that's warfare, right? Back, like we we demonize our enemy. I mean, you could say well, that first off, we're talking about World War Two Imperial Japanese, but but what and, I'm like, saying is, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that when we do that, when we do that, we we always kind of put our our military at such a pedestal. So and we always think of oh, their military sure. as like oh, lesser, sure. right? Like, oh, but because we beat them, we like they that, had, a, they had a lesser military. It's like that's not necessarily the, the case. Why we do well, is because number one, we won, right? And the winners write the tales. Yeah, and exactly. Two, yeah. In order for us to, because it's against human nature to kill another human, right? Like that's just, it's it's not a natural thing, and it hurts. But if you demonize the enemy to the extent where you no longer see them as human, right? It becomes yeah. a little bit easier. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I get, yeah, well, I get that. That's not my point. My, my, my I, I do think that like the U.S. forces were well more trained and, and more well equipped than the Japanese, by far. I mean, the the Japanese were known for their bonsai charges. Like, which they where would you think? What? Which they did not conduct until like the very last stand, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there is yeah. there is body exactly. charges right, right off the right but, off but I mean, other than that, they're still they're still performing normal infantry tactics, though. This isn't like yeah. like that's what I'm saying, though. That's what my whole point here is. Like, regardless, I'm saying because of the fact that like our our media and stuff back then and during that time is like we demonized and dehumanized these people uh, because we are the victors. We we tend to look at them as if they were had like as if they were a lesser military, but that's not necessarily the case. Like they they had they re- they fought with a system, they fought with a, a belief in yes. which 
and, like honor and duty and, and oh, yeah. purposes like that's that was very yeah. and that was in sacrifice like that was all very much a part of being a soldier and 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 being a Absolutely. soldier is very much being a warrior and and so and, and i think commander. and i yeah and i think i think what makes the battle of Iwo Jima is just so fucking fascinating. I think what makes the Marines' involvement in the Pacific so fascinating and fighting against the Japanese in specific compared to if we had fought the Nazis, I think is like you have the one branch in the military that it has that, no pun intended, dog mentality. You know, you have that one branch that that one branch that's always looking for a fight that is that is very that is very eager just to stick it to whoever the fuck they want. You know, they they want the the close yeah, one mind any weapon, right? The true, true fucking warrior mentality, right? And then you're fighting against a people, and that's their fucking core belief. And it makes me it makes me really think about like how things may may have been like different if the Marines weren't as involved as they were um, right. in, in the we Pacific. We were trying to prove ourselves to ourselves, like our own country, right? Exactly. Like, we exist. This is fucking why. It's like a perfect matchup, dude. It's, you know, yeah. it's the fucking, it's, it's the rumble in the jungle. <laughs> like, like, no, like, like, I mean, no disrespect to any of the other branches. The branches yeah. Imagine yeah. like if the army had spearheaded that, right? There's not just, there's not that same level of, we're going to fucking get this done because we were told to fucking get it done. Right. Yeah, there, but like a, it worked a, out perfectly. It worked out perfectly because yeah. you think about the army's responsibility in Europe. You know, they take land, hold land, take land, hold land. That's the purpose That's, of the fucking army. Land. Yeah, ex- it, exactly. It's and, and like, and it's in your their islands at the end yeah. of the day. Like, yep. all right, Chris, we we fucking went on a little tangent. So there you go. I, I got I'm, something I'm actually for it. Chris. It's like that. Um, it's like that indoctrination that we all get. Like when we're in the boot camp, like we're told from the from the get go, like. Listen to fucking all orders instantly. Like you are instant, the fucking best. instant willing like, obedience to all, orders. all orders, respect yeah. for authority. Yeah, all that fucking shit. Like, yeah, I, that's pounded into us to like always do more, always like go further. And I feel like that is just a mentality that's been passed through the Marine Corps to you know 2022 now. Uh is it was implemented and we have we have that history and, and those uh battles behind us and like we have to hold up ourselves to that that reputation that standard they held themselves to like the marines of no the world war ii were like the baddest motherfuckers you know like fought fucking island island fucking hopping campaigns like multiple 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 battles that lasted months long like uh if you are in in a reading you haven't read a, a helmet for my pillow yet that's a fucking amazing book to actually depicts how uh helmet or uh, uh, helmet for my pillow yeah yeah for my pillow i haven't read that one yet is that one by uh ledecky or or lucky Lucky. yeah i think his last name is ledecky or something and then the other one would be uh with the old breed by uh eugene sledge that one's great too yeah yeah they both fought the pacific yeah yeah so that that i think that history is what drives us to be like have that fucking attitude like we're fuck you we're better than you uh, that's why the marines are always the most fucking arrogant branch fuck yeah. the army and all this Rightfully shit so i'm sorry i mean I'm, that's that's all us other viewers that's just who we are you know what i mean it's like it's bred into us and we, like the, and and i think people better, that are in the army and are in other branches and stuff like no like it's like a it's like a thing like oh you know how he knows he's a marine because he tells you like yeah <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> and like that's that's our mentality right like we 
say we're better. We strive to prove that we're better. And we will constantly show you that, hey, we're fucking better. Why? Because it's been drilled into us. Now, granted, we might come from the same, like, what, poolies that go to every other fucking branch. But what makes us different is the fact that, like, hey, we have that reputation to strive towards. We have that reputation to uphold. Pounding our fucking heads. But back to the fucking Battle of Iwo Jima. All right. So Medal of Honors, we were talking about that, and I was fucking pumped, and we were talking about how the Medal of Honor is the highest award uh, that can be given, you know. And there's a, there's a quote from Iwo Jima. Uncommon valor, value of valor, fuck. Uncommon valor was a common virtue. There was 27 Medal of Honors given. At the Admiral Battle. Nimitz. Admiral Nimitz. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't say who the quote was by. <laughs> but there was a 27 Medal of Honor recipients, 22 Marines, and five uh, Navy sailors. Corpsman. Two of them were Navy corpsmen, I, I believe. Two were corpsmen? Okay. Okay. Yeah. My research is lacking. Wait, let me... <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. That, that, that quote, though, that quote, though, was, uh, like, uncommon valor was a common virtue. Like, it leads to one of my, like, favorite, like, variations of the quotes, which is common sense is an uncommon virtue. <laughs> yes, I fucking love that. <laughs> Live by that. Yeah. It makes sense. You're fucked up, bro. Like, we could do that, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... The actual like like combat like like twenty seven Medal of Honor's given out during the battle. Just, they were just to, they, they were just out there. Some dude with a bag of them, just fucking just throwing like, them out like a flower oh, girl no, at the no. at the Get out of here, <laughs> at the wedding or what? No. So there's yeah. so many fucking awesome, awesome, awesome stories written. Yes. Yeah. Like so many amazing like individual accounts yeah yes. like individual accounts of valor of true valor and, and and bravery and and in a lot of cases sacrifice so it goes back to the, the 11 miles of tunnels dug under the island uh it wasn't just like you know combat 100 yards away somebody shoot at you like they're shooting from like hiding in like bushes in a tunnel uh so flamethrowers were actually utilized a lot during this battle. They would flamethrow the fucking tunnels and the bunkers. Uh, when I was when I was at Iwo Jima, I was going uh, around these bunkers, and I'll I'll shoot you the the picture. You you can throw it up. Uh, there's still the original flamethrowers that were used on Iwo Jima, like in the tunnels, like in the fucking bunkers. There's what? still original artillery. On Iwo Jima, that that island's sacred to them now. Like that's fucking like, metal. The, it's fucking the bunkers metal. are still there. Like yeah, like they were like, hey, don't go off like the fucking uh, path because you, you can fucking step on something. What? Hell yeah, Hell yeah brother! Artillery. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll uh, we'll, we'll post some picture, pictures up uh, on this episode for the viewers watching. Oh yeah. Uh, I I'm, I'm, I have a picture of me standing next to a bunker that's ten feet thick of concrete and eight foot of it's blown out. And it was just like barbed wire and concrete, like just big hole, huge fucking hole. Oh shit! Damn. Yeah, Damn. it's it's the damage. I mean, there's still bullet holes. Like when I when I was, I would walk into the, I walk into the fucking tunnels when I was there. I don't give a shit. I wanted to see that stuff. Uh, so they told you but, not to walk into those though. 
Yeah, but everybody did anyways. I, I wasn't the only person. You're probably but there's still the bullet holes person. like in the tunnels in the walls. Like that shit's still there. I mean, yeah, that was what 80 years ago, pretty much. But uh, like the history is still there. And I guess the dude who was supposed to patch him up is a little late, huh? <laughs> nah, well, I mean. It's like somebody come know. in and it's, fix this dude, fucking drywall. Nobody's lived That's there. Yeah, like, nobody's nobody's touched anything. It's like it's all like where it was pretty much. Yeah. Did they, the yeah dude, like yeah, they I make, mean this the same things with Gettysburg. Gettysburg's the same way. Like they have to, they're actually they've made a campaign in the last half decade or so to kind of yeah to trim the trees and to, and to reshape the battlefield like how it used to be because obviously there's a lot of overgrown trees and i remember you know actually. stuff like that and they and they found they in these trees they're finding like you know just just musket an abundance balls. of musket balls and all yeah. that stuff yeah i remember actually visiting that when i was uh a senior in high school and actually i remember coming across that memorial in uh dc on common valor was a common virtue yeah and the world war ii memorial yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But i remember walking the plains of gettysburg as well it's just it's such a humbling experience and at the time i knew i wanted to be a marine so like it meant a little bit more to me but i i don't think i could fully appreciate it until i go back there now you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely we keep cutting off chris i'm sorry man no, you're, you're fucking, good, man. uh yeah so uh so anyways as i was saying i was just fucking oh (laughs) the battle fucking ended on march 26th the fucking day i was born i ended that shit but uh on 1944 huh you're that fucking old dude grand old man the marine corps over here guys but uh Hey. The, the fighting still continued for months after that uh the japanese they they uh had a uh no surrender uh like motto and uh they would i mean for uh months and months after marines would get shot get killed uh because they would still be popping out of random holes out of the ground or tunnels i mean the island was not fully mapped out for years after so that was an uh uh, I forget the year, but I remember an uh, article I read about a Japanese uh, soldier that was still like in an island hiding uh, up until the, it was like the 90s or the 80s or 90s. It was, it was yeah. 20 years and he refused to surrender until like the emperor of Japan fucking told him, like, hey, yeah. we're, we're done, bro. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> We stopped playing this game a long time ago, brother. <laughs> it was it was the sixties or the seventies, yeah. But like, imagine having that much dedication to your military, to your country, to like. Well, I think a lot of it, like, there was no communication. I thought he was like kind of cut off. No, he was. No, he was. He was told like you fight but, till you die, like you never surrender. Yeah. So like, but but imagine that. Like, I don't care. Like, no communication whatsoever. Eventually, like you you think like. I would pop my head out and be like, yo, are we still fighting, man? Like, are we still here? <laughs> I mean, that's, but that, that's what we were kind of touched on earlier was like the, the kind of soldiers that they were like their, their belief system and, and what, and what links that they were willing to go to, to, uh, you know, 
to solidify their yeah not only secure victory but to you know to reinforce that belief system and 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 how that i think that just the matchup with kind of just a more westernized version of themselves i believe which are the united states marines because you um, can totally think about like a conflict that say say god forbid world war three popped off we did they did had an like enemy island hopping campaign i could totally tell like two or three marines that I could tell like 40 years down the line are still fucking fighting and the war has been over for decades. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I could totally see the flip side of that too. I can't. I can't. I can't. Can. Nah, can. can. like, you like, two months of reading be like, all right, fuck this. You're like, I'm you're out. You're telling yeah. me Andrew Carlson. All right. Uh, okay. like so wouldn't still be fighting 20 to 40 years later. I don't know, man. I, I, all I know is, all I know is, think about this. Think about, no, no, no. Think about any fucking conflict. Think about any conflict, any war that we've been in. They say the same shit every fucking time. And that first year is the same shit. Home by Christmas. Well, we will win the war by Christmas. We'll be done well, by Christmas. Is it ever done through. by fucking Christmas? You it's can go never done by fucking Christmas. In Iwo Jima, they said, hey, we'll take this island in three days. And in three days, we raised the flag over Mount Suribachi. But we didn't secure the island for another month. You can't put, yeah, I don't mean shit. Exactly, exactly. It was up four days. I heard three. We don't get one day for travel. We We don't get one travel day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. 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 Doesn't count. All right, D Day doesn't count. All right, they only got three days leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them only got a seventy-two, not a ninety-six. <laughs> my research could be wrong i i, I very quickly it probably around. is it probably is yeah mine's you. fucking right <laughs> i'm covering your fucking your symbol man your big head's getting in the way oh my big ass yeah, head there you go yeah i legalize it i mean i'm in a state where it's legal but whatever anyways so <laughs> let's talk about that for a second but let's let's talk about the that valor though because you know was it 27 Medal of Honor recipients um, because of Evil Jima um, and kind of facing that sort of enemy because it's not you're they're not in the jungles anymore you know it's it's actually Evil Jima is pretty fucking barren and like you're facing an enemy that's that's doing kind of guerrilla tactics guerrilla warfare tactics obviously ideally is going to be is yeah is a war of attrition and it's going to be fought in a jungle ideally like that is probably your best case scenario for for guerrilla warfare uh shay guevara like wrote you know i i read his i read his essays uh titled guerrilla warfare um jungle warfare yeah and population you know what i mean exactly and and there's so many there's so many things that you can use that the jungle offers you that you know could fight back without having to waste men or resources because you know shake rivera says he's famous for saying this that one gorilla is worth like 10 soldiers or whatever um so that you got to kind of treat them with that you know with that kind of uh idea but you know obviously the japanese didn't necessarily do that they kind of they were i wouldn't say necessarily 
wasteful with their troops, but at times it could be seen as oh, wasteful. They're wasteful when, as fuck with their troops. Yeah, at times it could be seen as very wasteful because of the fact that you you know you're 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 charging bonsai fixed bayonets on 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 a fixed positions with you so know that are reinforced that. with with machine so guns and, and one of the one of the last bonsai charges that on Iwo Jima was a bonsai charge of eight hundred Japanese soldiers. Uh, right. they had 150 casualties on the Marine Corps side, and I think they only had like three deaths. Those numbers are disputed. Again, we had 800 all dead. I'm gonna dispute the whole fucking. We never get the number police. Not to take away from it. Not to take away from it. It was number police. From my understanding, like the Battle of Iwo Jima, bonsai charges were forbidden by the general in charge. Yes. Until the very last stand of the last 800 Japanese. And they all charge saying like, hey, we would rather die fighting than, you know, to take as many with us as opposed to just giving up, right? Um, so that last charge was actually said to be headed by their their general, the, the lieutenant general, I believe, in charge yeah. of the defense. And uh, man, again, that speaks to that testament testifies to like how amazing like their resolve was, you know, like, hey every single person that we kill here is one less person that's going to be invading our homeland you know yeah which is um, why we nuke and- them motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. but no but like it's crazy to think obviously it was effective because even to this day we did cross training with some of the pacific uh armies some of the best ones out there one being the 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 rock marines republic of korea marines and they still use that tactic they still bonsai use the charges. fucking bonsai charge, as we can all yeah. fucking attest to. Yeah. I know Lucas and I can attest to that because we yeah. fucking went in there and did that shit with them. Well, they, they just want to get Americans flashbacks. They're just fucking with you guys. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, see, and this is, uh, I don't want to shit on other people's militaries, but it was pretty fucking evident everywhere we went and everybody we trained with. I'm like, damn, we're a lot we're better than you guys. Like, we're you guys better. fucking suck. <laughs> We like (laughs) the rock marines. The rock marines didn't want to train at night. They didn't like night training. They came up. They came up with bullshit excuses to get out of night training. They had no. I want to stop right there. You just said every military we trained with fucking sucked, which I agree with. Now put yourself as a marine back in 1944. You're probably like these motherfuckers suck. Yeah. You killed eighteen thousand of them, and but at the same time, you're shitting your pants because you don't know where the fuck they're gonna come from. Oh yeah, oh I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, that same attitude. No, yeah. today, I think yeah. we definitely hold ourselves to a higher standard. We understand how warfare is to be conducted when it has like two opposing armies. I think we still got to figure out the insurgent side of things, but um, that's my own take. Um, but like as far as like military doctrine, North South Korea is always preparing for war with North Korea, thinking that they're going to invade. And one of their tactics that's legitimately one of their their most like, hey, we're going to do this is the bonsai charge, right? So we did, we conducted operations in third Marines with, hey, this is how we would assault this fortress. You know what I mean? We'd be like, we do do our buddy rushing. We'd have combined arms. We'd have our, our AAVs go in, drop us off, exfil, you know, all that shit. And we'd go through an objective and we'd clear it out. We then thought that, hey, the Koreans are going to do this with us us for the live fire round we didn't we ended up like i think somewhere between five to eight hundred meters away from the point we got online 
and we ran at the enemy as fast as possible. And now that could be like a doctrinal thing. They they value speed over um over <clears throat> they I value stupidity they over they value speed how many strategy. Over they won. So for them, it made more sense to hey, if we run as fast as we can at the enemy, some of us are gonna get through. And whether that's right or wrong, again, that's a doctrinal thing. We'll see Steve how they fun. You know, it is well, as fuck. Especially, I mean, three thirty-one with you a line if you want him to go. <gasps> exactly. So I think I One, think about the machine gun positions with terrorists to shreds. Exactly. Absolutely. I think I think about the early days. I think about the early days of World War One. You know, yes. Europe. They thought they could still do line fucking infantry and march at each other. And then once they got machine guns, we're like, oh shit! They started digging holes real fucking fast to, play, right. to hide themselves from that. Think about that. In World War One, they were all entrenched. I guess the idea here behind their, their bonsai maneuvers is the bonsai unit is always like a flanking unit. So you're not entrenched. Your guns are not facing that way. If they move fast enough, they'll break the lines before they can get entrenched. Now, if you're bonsai charging into an entrenched enemy, that's just lack of leadership and a failure of command, Right. So, or, or one would say it's a soldier's duty. You know, I think uh, there's. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. Is it not soldiers? I wreck. Well, the, I think there's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the uh, Lord uh, Alfred Tennyson. He's a famous poet, um, and he writes a poem yeah. called "The The Charge of the Light Brigade." Um, and there's a quote in there that's that's kind of like it's it's a it's very uh, often like misquoted and misused, which I think I'm going to be misquoting it and misusing it right now. Um, but it's a, a soldier's uh, soldiers not to do not to not to do. Oh, not to. I'm going to have to look this shit up, but it's like not to ask why, but to do or die um and that's just paraphrasing what like it's like so your soldier's duty is just you're just to do and to die that that's basically the essence of of your job um and so you kind of think about that and which is what the prosciutto is all about it's about honor it's about duty it's about being the basically the best version of yourself no matter what you're trying to do and when and you throw that on top of like nationalism you throw that on top of imperialism and you have you know like we said like you have well, a fucking dude who's willing yeah, to kill themselves yeah and yeah for and the yeah. accomplishment of the the objective <clears throat> which i mean is effective obviously because it held us at bay for a long ass fucking time even after germany surrendered from world war ii so obviously it's effective right in but fact, it's not but it's it, not effective against it wasn't effective against us though because no. think about this like they they fucking conquered majority of the pacific islands they they even had a big chunk of china too the, the yes, japanese yes. did um and so like th so that shit it worked everywhere else it just didn't didn't work didn't against us but also yeah. also note this though right recently actually i think only up to two years ago two or th maybe three years ago we stopped using all the purple hearts that we had minted for the invasion of mainland japan so every purple heart that you had seen up to two or three years ago had been minted for our invasion of japan we expected so many losses that only now are we ending like or stop using the purple hearts or having, having to make new purple hearts yeah exactly 
so that's crazy obviously it was effective we knew we would surmount like jamie pull that up ridiculous losses now the only thing that saved us was the controversial you know development of the nuclear nuclear arsenal but like think about let that sink in like only up till very recently we stopped using the same medals that we thought we were all awarded within a couple of years of that battle yeah Same. i mean they were expecting like i think i think there was upwards to like four million casualties yeah some fucking so crazy obviously, obviously it was effective right obviously the the japanese doctrine was meant to cause as many casualties and take the least number of losses as humanly possible while never do we blame them though no chris chris I mean, did, chris do we blame them we would do no, this like like any military like you're going to always want to portray yourself as like good like the good people to like your population because yes. that's who's going to fight for you so if you're not like saying we're the best like this is for your country this is for honor like like everybody's told every military is told to have that sense of pride and honor for your country to go and fight like there's a, there's a good quote that i like uh i forget, I forget who says it. i don't want to fuck it up but uh it says the, the old declare war but it's the young that must go and die Yes, I yeah. remember reading this, but like, think about this as well, right? And this is for me. I don't know. I'm sure it's been written down somewhere, but think about this. Good, in the good book, probably. Probably, probably in the good book of Pada. Anyways, not to be sacrilegious here. Um, good is subjective, right? What is good and what is bad? The victors of the wars determine what is good and what is bad, what is allowed and what is not. Think about it, right? So if- we, Well, I still we, think- if, as far as World War II, as far as it goes, like, oh, okay, all agree, concentration camps, Nazis, are pretty fucking bad, regardless of what side you were on. But, but hold on, if they won, oh, yeah, if they, they won, won, I still think the population can look back, like, our population can look back and say, like, oh, it was fucked up for us to like imprison no, Japanese during World War II. I disagree. Oh, we, I mean, but it, that it only took us so recently to admit that, to the though. point where everybody oh, yeah. would have been so brainwashed by the Nazis that they wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah. You indoctrinated a population to a point where you're saying, hey, this is okay. This is what needed to be done. This was what would happen. There's no issue. Look at North Korea, right? They have no, well, very limited external influence. And they all think that their guard, uh, that their um, that their fucking God is their leader. And that whatever he does must be right because he's ordained by God. They don't think anything different, obviously, for the most part, 90, 95%, right? Um. And that's that's the exact issue, right? Whoever wins the war is the victor, and they get to decide what's good, what's bad, what the rules are, what they aren't. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and to 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 kind of piggyback off that, um, I found the quote that I was saying is like uh, from Charge of the Light Brigade: "There's not to reason why there's but to do and die," and then it's followed by "Into the Valley of Death Road the Six Hundred. So like. You have this sense of duty, this sense of honor um, that could potentially, well, it's almost, an, an, I wouldn't say infectious. I, I, I hate, I wouldn't, I hate to misuse the word infectious, but it's, it's just so innate in your, in your nature. It's so just a part of your culture almost that defeat is is so it's just not an option to the point where it's just it, it decimation is is almost a better option than defeat because pride 
is at the is at the core of of all this a, a very proud people but if, if you go right down to like the the primal instinct of it i think it's like uh that's just like a, a a man like primal instinct is like to conquer and to like be better uh i don't think i know th- i think i think primally i i think i don't i'm not i don't i think i don't think that's a i think it's more of when you start developing because when you primal i think of okay just you solely just yourself out in the fucking wild when you when we start talking about power dynamics and stuff that's when you have to start introducing like group diamond dynamics like you're you're in a group of people and who decides who's the leader of this group kind of thing um like that's that's all like kind of group yeah, communication think, stuff think, oh absolutely absolutely like who's gonna choose to be the leader of the group i think that's like a, a primal thing of like when i, I mean it like as like a I want to be like the fucking leader. I want to be like in charge, like so, that primal instinct. I mean, if you're talking about like being an alpha, like primal is more selfish, right? Primal is more that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Needs primal is more like, hey, if he's doing better than me, I want to do better than him. Either number one, I step in my game, or number two, I go kill him and take his shit. That yeah, is- but but it's always for but it's primal. It, it always has to be for a need. It's it's usually a need. It's, yes, need it's, to survive or a need to benefit versus what we're talking about is more like um self- no, right there you just said benefit what, what would you not benefit being like the leader of a nation you would you would but get as the leader of a nation everything that you would want in the battlefield right you're telling but, people to to go die for you and your beliefs that wouldn't be primal so much as it is like sociological Right, they have been indoctrinated. Right, you're, you're diving too far into this, but I'm, when I'm, when I'm, you're like, I'm like right here, and you're like trying to go way too deep. You, I'm like just, hey, sorry, it's just man. a primal oh. thing of like wanting to conquer and wanting to like. <laughs> I guess power, yes, the the power, the greed, there you go. greed for, for power, power. yes, greed for power is talking is, about greed and power. Yes, absolutely, you're on the it, right. Track. It is very natural for humans to feel that. Yes, yes, to experience that. Back in the day, not so much these days, at least not in the US. I don't think nationalism is very high here. Like if we were to go and the same events were to take place now, I don't know if we would get involved to the extent that we were before. But back then, man, back when we thought, hey, America's fucking great. America's awesome. They were like, Japan's fucking great. Japan's fucking awesome. We're going to take over all this shit. Yes. Yeah, it was a it was a huge fucking issue. I have no idea where the fuck I'm going with this right now. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I feel you. I feel you. But I think, you know. All right, right here. Primal. First or original, chief or most important. That's all I'm fucking saying. What? So what? Yep. I'll go okay. back to the primal thing. Okay. okay. You just no. Okay. We're moving. We're moving from primal. We're gonna. We're just gonna settle on the the, the power and greed, right? We're gonna talk about greed right. and power. So, yeah. so you're saying that's they're saying that it's very natural for males in particular to feel um like inclined to seek power to seek power positions. Okay. Yeah. So, what were you going on from there? That some of these people are fucked up and just like have different motivations like like hitler was an amazing public speaker sure like he influenced an entire nation to go like pretty much alienate one race eliminate it i know a lot of mainland main media germany did not know about that know about what the, the concentration camps right so yeah and and there's a lot of holocaust deniers and stuff but oh, I, I mean 
there's no, there's like, no fucking denying this shit. Like it's, uh, it, it didn't come up with like the the general public, from my understanding. It that only became relevant after we won the fucking world war, and we started showing the atrocities to the public, who then also a lot of them did not believe it. They're like, no, there's no way our our fellow whoever could have done that. Yeah, but it's beyond a reasonable doubt that hey, it fucking happened, right? Yeah, yeah, it did, it did okay. happen. And yeah. and what, to Chris's to Chris's point, like the leaders, the leaders kind of put them in that position, so. Yes, absolutely. and for the sake of the Japanese, you had the emperor, which in and with the structure, the power structure in which they had, um, which was I can I guess you can can you consider it a dynasty? The I guess I can't remember who the emperor the, what his name was, um, it but was. it was Hirohodo. Was it Hirohodo? I'm not entirely positive. I can't say yes or no to that. Uh, this recruit cannot confirm nor deny, um, but. Uh, that being said, so they're almost looked at as like God figures, I would say. Um, not, not not to the extent of like your reference, Aaron, to like either like North Korea, but <clears throat> or Chris, was that you that make the reference to North Korea? Oh, no, it was me. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Aaron, yeah, that reference to North Korea and how they like worship him and stuff. It was not like to that extent, but to the point where like his word was essentially equivalent to the word of oh, God. It, it was very similar <clears throat> to that, like, hey. You could not go against this guy, this figure. Whatever he said trumped any kind of political organization that was available. You couldn't even look this guy in the eye, right? When if you were able to meet him, like he was God, like a descendant of God. Like he and, and he's telling you, and he's telling you, never, 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 never surrender. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> that's my best Winston Churchill impression. Right? Yeah. He's like a little kid at this point in time and it's insane to think that so many people would go and follow this doctrine because they didn't know any better he's like oh it's coming from god i must be right he must be right yeah yeah but uh and it led to eighteen thousand deaths on iwo jima 21 the numbers numbers are disputed (laughs) um uh, yeah so uh What's that little uh, the um, the symbol in uh, in math where it's the two squiggly lines that mean like almost equivalent to or yeah. like almost oh, equal to with like a slash through it yeah <sighs> no that's not what I'm talking about, about equal to it's about right about, about oh the squiggly to. the squiggly yes. two squiggly lines about yes. it yeah okay yeah, yeah. is that what it's called that's pretty lazy I yeah, thought it'd have, I thought it'd have a cooler name no yeah. that's funny. Yeah, so like about about equal to what? You want math, man? Okay, I, I have them right here. Squiggly line, eighteen thousand. <laughs> oh, go pot. It's already lines. Two squiggly lines means about. Yeah, I just yeah. put one. All right, it's good enough for me. Because you're a fucking lazy American, okay? Oh, hey, hey, oh, shit! All right, sorry. A little Indian nationalist over there. No, if I was an Indian nationalist, I wouldn't join. Y'all got a little Indian Hitler over there. We don't know. We don't know about. You know, it's funny. Actually. Mobilizing the billions of you fuckers. I shaved my beard on Christmas Day, <laughs> and I kept the mustache. But then I cut the mustache too short, and I was like, I may as well go all the way with this. So I had the little fucking Hitler stash for like a solid hour. <laughs> You're gonna make me cut this shit out. <laughs> the co- it was it was the Charlie Chaplin. Okay, all right. He just walked around Hitler like it. Hitler copied it. Okay, you need to cut that. The fucking arm race over there from fucking Chris. 
That's good. That's going to be the thumbnail. Thumbnail. You know we're gonna That's going to be the thumbnail. That's going to be the thumbnail for the episode. You I'm going to draw a little Hitler stash on you. I'm going to draw a little Hitler stash on you, and then Chris is going to be throwing up the fucking hell Hitler. Dude. And then that's going to be the And that's going to be the thumbnail. stepping, man. Rolling Vets podcast. Podcast by Nazis for Nazis. And supporters are like, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm out of here. I would have been executed day one. All right. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. <clears throat> crazy. Absolutely you crazy. Guys. You guys are fucking, you guys are something else. Oh, are we, are we the lovey-dovey drunk now? Is that where we're I at? Mean, no, no, no. You're definitely like, you're looking kind of like Chris right now with the lighting, you know? I don't looking know. good? Are you trying to fuck me right now? <laughs> <laughs> that's a real reason why i want to come up this weekend bro oh shit yeah <laughs> that makes sense that totally makes sense well damn fucking any final thoughts on iwo jima and the fucking impact that it has made on the legacy of the united states marine corps chris do you want to leave lead i'll i'll, I'll end no, no okay okay well i would say that the uh the impact is What's the word I'm looking for here? What's the word I'm on? Impactful? No, not unimpactful. Unequivocal. Like it's it's such a huge part of Marine Corps history because number one, we were the we were the department of the of the Navy was fuck you. Uh, department of the armed forces that was selected for this task of island hopping, right? We were the ones that said, hey, who was the most fucking badass gung ho? like get shit done branch that would go and fucking slay bodies take names take the fucking islands doesn't fucking matter and it is such a staple of who we are and the legacy that we have to live up to that even to this day we reference it you know we reference it with jima we we have a select number of people go over to that island and bring back that black sand that signifies the blood that was shed and the valor that was exhibited that day. I think, you know, without Iwo Jima to solidify us as the most badass branch out there. Sorry again for all the viewers that are not Marines. Um shit, where the fuck was it going with this? Let, wait, give me give me the last sentence I did. Cut the shit the, out. The last sentence was uh Up army. cut nice. that shit out. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, without that historical significance, dude, like. Yeah, man. No, dude, I fucking got this. I was going, do, I was bro. rolling, man. Go Fuck. on, brother. I, I feel you, brother. What was I saying? No, 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 no. What was I saying? It was, um, what was I saying? What was I saying? What was I saying? Dude, You're speaking truth, man. You're speaking your what truth, bro. Up to, up to what else? Oh, the legacy that we leave behind. Um, yes. Yeah, man. They try to live up. The journey, bro. Shut the fuck up, dude. What? <laughs> um, All right, Moss, what do you, what I'll do you take think it from you. Oh, motherfucker, you will not get <laughs> Dude, I had this. I had it. I had all this feeling. Don't interrupt me when I'm interrupting you. Dude, it was... Um, it so, was tune in next week to find out. <laughs> it was the like 
common vowel that was what was i saying babe one second we pardon this interruption of the rolling vets rolling a little too hard Yeah, so basically, basically, we're the most fucking badass branch out there. Oh, sorry. okay. Uh, of course. And the, reason, and the reason, oh, there we go. The reason why we haven't been assimilated into the Army or the Navy yet, and that we hold a distinction as the United States Marine Corps, is because of uncommon acts of valor that we showed here on Iwo Jima that we, again, strive to live up to and emulate to this day is the only distinction, one of the only distinctions that keep us in the mind of, of the public and keep us from becoming non-consequential and again, part of the army. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's like the, one of the biggest impacts from, and I we didn't talk a little, we didn't really talk about this, is one of the biggest impacts of the Marine Corps still being its own branch, its own independent branch is because of Iwo Jima and most most importantly is because of that image of you know the marines and the corpsmen raising the fucking the flag the american flag on, on mount Siribachi, um and how that that is i mean there's a mon there's mon every fucking marine corps base that probably has some sort of Iwo Jima monument on there and <clears throat> You know, you have people getting a reenlistment ceremonies fucking done there. Like when you graduate boot camp, you finish the crucible. What do you do? You're right in front of the fucking Iwo Jima monument, at least in Paris Island. I'm not sure about the, on the West Coast. We're on top of a fuck off hill. But, uh, yeah, well, we had the Iwo Jima monument right there. And it was like, you know, one of the first times you're being addressed to as a Marine is like right in front of that monument. And, you know, it's 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 something that is is just ingrained and yeah you know you know people that have that fucking image tattooed on their bodies you know um so the 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 courage the like you said the valor the 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 sacrifice those and like we said like those individual counts and like even you so what there was 27 people you know that were awarded the the medal of honor like i mean not to you know obviously fucking take away anything that they've done but like there are thousands and thousands of other stories too of of of, of small acts of, of generosity, small acts of kindness and and, and, like and struggle and turmoil and blood and and toil and sweat and tears that are involved in there and loss um and these little moments of of just great fear having to overcome that and and just to do the yeah, I'm up. He sees me. I'm fucking down. I, you know, just uh, I, I'm the one that got selected to go through that fucking this fucking bunker. <laughs> Clear the shit out, you know. If there was 27 Medal of Honor's awarded to just the stories that we heard of. Imagine all the untold accounts of units that were wiped out. Yeah. Imagine all of the unseen, stories. unseen stuff. You know, and unheard of stories that that we will never hear about. Right. Which is why, which makes that quote just rings like so true by Admiral Nimitz was, you know, un, 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 you know, fucking uncommon valor, you know, is a common virtue. And it's yeah. and it's entirely true because that's exactly what it what you needed um, in order to face an enemy like that. And and I'll say I've said it all episode and I'll say it again. <laughs> and that's why I felt like if any branch or if any 
you know, force was up to the job. I felt like the Marine Corps just mentality and structure and, and culture wise was the best fit to, to get that job done, um, which obviously is probably why they were selected to do just that. Um, and that being said, like, I like salute to all those, you know, men and women that were there and, um, and, there are great films and books written about the events there. Clint Eastwood did it like a two-parter fucking flags of our fathers. And then uh, letters of Emo Jima. See, you see things from both perspectives. Um, and I think that's a very important thing to do uh, in warfare um, is to, to really understand things from both perspectives and not be blind to the people or to the culture that you're trying to, to fight or eradicate. You know, you, you want to understand them as much as possible. You don't want to, you know take things from leave you know like yeah american media like i said like it being dehumanized and stuff like that and you go there and then you underestimate your enemies and then you get defeated you know and stuff like that leave that to the commanding officers we're here to follow orders and get shit done we're all yeah yeah it's not our job to to think about the bigger picture our job is to fucking do adapt overcome and accomplish a mission yeah adapt achieve overcome succeed right all right all right so chris pass it off to you brother all right so iwo jima has always had a special place in my heart you know since i got to to go there i mean like like uh lucas said we we officially become a marine they're handing us our equipment anchor and i'm I'm staring right at the a huge i mean 60 foot tall statue of the the iwo jima the flag being raised uh so i mean that you're that's like that's why i call it the mecca at the beginning of the episode it's like it's like the mecca i feel like uh and then i remember i remember finding out that i was i was going to get the opportunity to go to iwo jima i remember hopping on the kc-130 it got delayed six hours uh because of the rain and like everybody's in there like we're just fucking stewing we're like cannot wait to get to iwo jima cannot wait to see if we can you know uh hike mount saribachi which fortunately since the plane got delayed so much i, I didn't get the opportunity to do that but i remember uh Awesome experience, dude. Like, I'm super envious. I never made it to the sand, the black sands of Iwo Jima. Yeah, I mean, I remember stepping off the plane, and for those who, who know him, you, you know how he how he said this too. Uh, first Sergeant Moon was right next to me, and he was over me. He says, "If your dick ain't hard walking on this ground, then you're fucked up." <laughs> that sounds like Jerry. I'm not at Walmart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i remember thinking like fuck like let's fucking go and i remember we only had like a, like four hours i think total so we took off like we got the plane we started running like rucking with our packs on running to the beach because we just everybody wants to go see the sand first i mean there's 50 marines to get off the plane with and we're just like a fucking cft pace like heading towards the beach like we're all fucking pumped and we all get to the beach and like run up on it and it's just like just like the pictures just like like the like everything from the movie like just a dark black deep deep sand for those watching like i'm holding it up right now deep black sand and the sh- the waves i remember the waves looked like black waves because the sand was black so though even the waves looked dark and and, and you couldn't, couldn't see through the water at all and we all just stood there and just stared out and like mount saribachi was was up to our right so what'd you feel, dude? Like as soon as you hit that sand and you saw those rolling black waves, you see Mount Saribachi. His big ass fucking motor boner against yeah, like, his like, trousers is what he felt. Through your head, because like again, you were East Coast. You saw the Iwo Jima Memorial, right? You that was like your pinnacle as like, hey, this is 
your first step. You are a Marine now. Like, how did that feel, man? Yeah, I mean, I I, I vividly remember sitting there and, and looking off at, at everything, like seeing, taking it all in. And then once I like kind of like got brought down, like where I was standing, actually, like it just like I got I could just envisions in my head, like imagine like right here, Marines are fighting, like on that day, on, on I mean, during that those that those five weeks, like everywhere I walked, like Marines could have been dead there. Like Marines like fought for their lives, fought for their brothers right next to them, like 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 stayed with each other, protected each other through that like insane, insane battle. I mean, it was 27,000 casualties, uh, 110,000 Marines, uh, guerrilla warfare. You everywhere you go, you could you could step on a on a, on an IED or a landmine they had back then. I mean, you could be shot by a sniper. There were there were snipers scattered all throughout all throughout the island. So going into the tunnels and seeing uh, the flamethrowers that were there, seeing the the um, the bullet holes in the walls, like. I don't know. It, it made me proud to be a Marine, like proud that like, this is our history. I, I get to experience the Marine Corps history. Like not, 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 a, not a lot of people, the island's closed to the public and they only yeah. allow a certain uh, amount of Marines to go there every year. And they're eventually thinking about taking it away fully. Yes. Um, we're eroding the island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that like, was it, really, was it very humbling being there? Like being like, Hey, these are where the fucking true war fighters were. These are where they fucking slugged it out. Like, holy yep. shit. For me to be on this soil is fucking like sacred. Yeah, I was I was honored. I mean, I remember I brought back uh I mean I'm, I brought back a lot of sand because I wanted everybody I, I felt like I felt like I got I got selected to go uh because busted my ass, all right. Bust my ass, but like I wanted everybody to experience that. I wanted everybody to get a piece, get a piece of that. Cause that like I remember coming back was just like two bags and be like got you guys and everybody was like fucking so excited to hold it in their hands yeah. smell it like that's a part of our history like that's yeah that's insane so i remember whenever i was first gifted some sand in a vial from first our moon like that was huge to me you know what i mean like i had not ever been there but we would all heard the stories we'd all heard the tales of iwo jima and to bring back a piece of that with you is just yeah and and me and the group of guys I, I was with too we uh we, we did we went to a, a tunnel and, and turned it turned into a, a big cave and there and there was scattered people's ranks on the wall people's name tapes and stuff like that so i mean we all did it took one of our ranks off and just put it in the wall so it's like it's kind of cool that I, I got a piece at iwo jima but i left a piece there too yeah. Like, like so, my, and my so did so did many marines before you man yeah well that's fucking perfect way to end it i think shit yeah well on that note here we are gotcha. you stuck with us all the way to the end we thank you for listening we want our listeners to know that if your pack becomes too heavy don't drop it the Veterans Crisis Hotline can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. If you'd like to enjoy more content, don't forget to subscribe, simplify, and keep rolling on. Do or die. Hey,